Hello, this is Fred Callaghan, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. Focus podcast. My name's Matt Wachler. Not quite coming to you for the last time this season after our playoff spot was this evening confirmed as the Wise only managed to draw at Wigan when even a win wouldn't have been enough to have got us above West Brom, who were held to a two-all draw at home to QPR to confirm their promotion. Many congratulations to all Baggies fans and good luck in the Premier League next season. It's the playoffs then for us and it's Cardiff City on Monday evening. Um, Swansea City will play Brentford in the other tie of this huge South Wales versus West London showdown. Joining me to go over the evening's events is Eastbourne's king of innuendo, Matt Dom, and the nervous wreck that is J-Mac. Let's go. Fulham. Right, so Tom Kearney returned to the side this evening with AK back on the bench. Jay, Matt, what was your first reaction when you saw TC's name in the side and the big man back on the bench? As soon as I saw Tom Kearney playing, starting the game, I was really worried uh, what was going to happen, and it actually did. We were quite slow, quite laboured, a lot of passing back. I wasn't infused at all to see Tom Kearney in the starting lineup. And as for AK, I'm just glad that his injury wasn't as bad as we thought. And I actually thought, even though there were some moments of diamonds in the rough, as we like to keep on saying, there were some really nice bits of speed from him and some nice setup for some good chances, solid chances that we don't see very often. How about you, Dom? Are you happy to see Kearney back or frustrated? I'm happy to see him because on his day, we, we all know he's a, he's a great player and one of the best in this league, but he has been on his day for a while. And again, it was another one where he was a bit, he was a bit quiet and not, not driving us forward. Like, like we were used to him when we did go up last time. Um, but I think he's got a role to play in the playoffs for sure. Uh, even if it's we're winning one nil and he comes on and keeps the ball for us a bit more, um, there's definitely there's definitely a time and a place for him. But the way we were playing recently, I think it it was right that he was on the bench, and I don't think he added much to the game really. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. And somebody else who didn't really add much to the game for me was Mitro outside his uh, great chance that he had after a minute and a half. Um, he's put the ball over the crossbar when it was pulled back to him. Cabano, he had a he had another good game. Obviously, we'll come on to his goal later. He worked the keeper from the edge of the box uh, in the first half. And then Marat Rodat was called into action to make a good save. It was a pretty lively opening from two teams with something to play for, wasn't it, J-Mac? Yeah, it was very, very end-to-end. And the possession to start with was very even. I thought the chances we created were OK. We were still taking a lot of shots from distance. Mitro for me, wasn't entirely in this game, especially compared to the last game he was playing. I found him quite slightly leggy, but also just acting almost like an attacking midfielder rather than a main striker. Um, Cabano was great. I thought Cabano had a really good energy to begin with. But we made this bright start, but we soon started becoming quite old school Fulham with the way we like to play under Parker. A lot of shots from distance and just generally quite a lot of dancing around and not much end product. And before we move on, mate, I'm going to just ask you about the, the Mitrovic penalty incident in the first half where he's yeah. kind of 
seemed to get the ball before the goalkeeper. Was it a penalty for you? Not for me. I can understand why people thought it and especially why Mitro was calling for it. But for me, I thought that was a really, really good save. And I think the keeper got a really good hand for that. So no, no penalty for me. Not at all. Got the ball first, yeah? Yeah. We've, we've seen right. that um, that even when the keeper gets the ball, you can, penalties can go against you. As Rodak did that in the last game. So, you know, you never know. You've seen him give him. Good point as well. Yeah, pretty much exactly the same thing happened. Um, comes down to lack of consistency from the referees. But last game of the season, we don't want to be getting on at referees. Um, 32 minutes in, we find ourselves a goal behind. Uh, and seconds later, QPR took the lead at West Brom. It's bloody sod's law. Um, Dom, who was at fault for the goal that we conceded? Uh, it wasn't the best defending, but was this a Rodak error? It's tricky. My, my first instinct was Rodak seemed to be too close to his near post and running across to try and stop it. And maybe he should have he should have been under you know underneath it to punch it or catch it or whatever. Um, but then you kind of look at the the striker. Uh, he's all game he was drifting off the centre backs and attacking a doy basically because he knew he could beat him in the air and that was another case of that maybe maybe Hector should have tracked him instead of letting him drop off and and beat a doy in the air but but really you know he's an enormous striker and balls lumped to him and he's headed it in really I don't I don't know there's too much blame to get around on that one all right fair enough and Wigan were of course fighting for their lives as well and had everything to play for so it wasn't as if we we were playing against a team that you know were, were just going through the motions at the end of the season. Um, so we're behind, West Brom are behind. Then, of course, Brentford fell behind too, only for West Brom to equalise right before half-time. At this point, though, it's interesting enough for us all to agree that automatic promotion was still very much on, J-Mac. I just can't believe that happened, to be honest. I, I wasn't expecting this game. I was hoping that it would just be West Brom would win, Brentford would win and we might slip up because we're going to fight for their lives. But Barnsley were too, I get that. But I was not expecting to be sucked into this game with everyone. So actually, it felt very, very cup finally. And I couldn't believe that as soon as we conceded, everything started going the way that we would have wanted it to if we had actually scored first. It was actually unbelievable. It was the epitome of what it's like being a Fulham supporter. But yeah, I mean, it's it seemed like it just... It just seemed like the most Fulhamish thing that could have happened, really. Um the next half we needed to buck up our ideas and really get into the game. Because Wigan, I thought, fair play to Wigan, they were actually brilliant in this game. Far more direct than us, far more, you know, opposing. Just generally, not much to show in the first half and we deserve to be behind. Fair enough. And um, a shout out to QPR, actually, as well, which um, you wouldn't normally hear on a, on a Fulham podcast. Um, but I, I felt like they were going to turn up at, at West Brom and just roll over tonight because... Yeah, you know, they, why would they be doing Brentford and Fulham a favour? But they didn't, and um, and I had that game on in, in the background whilst I was watching our game. And you know, there were times when they were up against it, but they were attacking as well, and they scored a couple of nice goals. So fair play to them for uh, for not just thinking that was soft Fulham and Brentford. So um, anyway, straight after half time, West Brom did take the lead against QPR again, around about the same time that we won a free kick on the edge of the Wigan penalty area. Upsteps Niskins Cabano again. And this time, instead of going underneath the wall, he stuck this one in the top corner. What a goal. He is a man in form at the moment. What do you reckon, Dom? Yeah, superb goal. He sort of just kind of clipped it with no, no not much backspin or anything, just sort of like a golf shot, just put it straight into the top corner. Um, 
where's that where's that been we've how many times <laughs> do we do we say to each other why have we got no one who can take free kicks why have we got no one who can take corners or oh, fair enough it wasn't a corner but two in two games and you don't see made direct free kicks go in very often he's and obviously been learning from so... Alfie Mawson <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's been watching Mawson and going right let's do it another way yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um fair play to him he's been, he's been superb the last few games he's crossing he, he shouldn't be crossing I'll put it put it that way but um when he gets the ball on the corner of the box he's really dangerous because the defenders don't know what to do and um yeah he's been excellent he's well worth his place at the moment yeah, I think yeah. so. And I definitely didn't see that coming. I thought he was brilliant this game, especially after his goal. He was bubbling for quite a while. He did turn into the old Cabana that we know a little bit. He took a couple of cut in and took a couple of chances from about 40 yards out of whatever and went right over the bar. But I, I'm I'm really happy for Cabana on these skins. And I, you know, three goals in two games. What else can you want? I mean, hopefully he'll be starting again against Cardiff. Exactly. I mean, that's Knockhart does that that sort of thing that we were just, you just mentioned every game, but without without scoring as well. So, and he's £10 million. So, exactly. Cabano, yeah. uh, great, great professional being on, on the bench for so long and not having a, a look at getting in the lineup. And here he is taking his chance. Are you saying that Cabano is worth more than £10 million? <laughs> I'm saying he's worth what he costs and <laughs> Knockout is worth less. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> All right. In the 59th minute, Marek Rodak made amends to anyone who thought that he may have been at fault for, for the Wigan goal with an outstanding save from a header from Balogun. Um, and then QPR equalised at West Brom. It was a good little uh, five minutes for us, J-Mac. Yeah, it was mad. And I think, you know, if, if it felt like it was then a race who was going to score the next goal between the West London lot and then... If QPR got another goal, it just turned into absolute chaos. It was actually box office at one point, but thank God. I'm I'm really, I've got to say, I'm really happy it ended the way it did. I'm happy that it ended with West Brom ending up in second place and just, I'm glad everything just stayed the way it was. It was too much to handle if Brentford had you know, scored another goal. That would have been awful. As opposed to us going up, you mean, of course. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah, that, I, that right. sounded way shitter than I did. Yeah. I mean, of so, course, I wanted to get promoted automatically, but if there was one other option after that, it would have been. Yeah, no, I understand what you mean. Um, all right, well, 66th minute, Anthony Knockhart went off for Bobby Reed. Um, Knockhart hadn't had his best of games. Um, then six minutes later, Harry Arthur was clattered and was replaced by Stefan Johansson. Meanwhile, Brentford equalised against Barnsley, so it put Barnsley back into the relegation mix. Um, were you happy with those substitutions, Dom? Yeah, I think so. Um, Knockout was, again, trying hard, but he was shooting too much from distance and he, he's, he certainly wasn't on target. So he, he was doing well defensively, as he always does. But um, at this point, we needed a goal. And I think Bobby Reid is more likely than Knockout at the moment. Um, and yeah, obviously, Stephanie Hans and Harry Arter, you can interchange them. They're, they're essentially the same player. Um, and I like, I like, I like Steph to come on with 20 minutes to go. He can't get sent off in that time. And, um, he's, <laughs> you know, we, we, he probably has been, I, I bet put that disclaimer in, but, um, <laughs> he, he looks, he looks to pass it forwards and he's always looking up the pitch for a pass. So, um, I like to see him on there. If, if, Two players who'd come on were likely to unlock it. It was them and um, AK as well. 
I completely agree with Dom. I agree that I think Johansson and Arta are very interchangeable and they make a really good sub. And it can actually happen quicker, I think, in these games coming up rather than the 66th minute when it happened. I think just Tom Kearney was quite, for me, turned into sort of like the Maxime Lamartian of the central midfield. I mean, every time he got to the halfway line, he wanted to pass it backwards. He was very slow. And we needed something a little bit more spicy. And Johansson brought that. For a small amount of time, anyway. Um, but yeah, I I completely agree. I, I like the Stephanie Hansen substitution and the further ones onward as well. Of course, that classic old football cliche: the Maxime Lamarchon of the of the midfield, Tyler <laughs> Penny. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> we made some more attack-minded substitutions a little bit later on. Eighty-second minute, Cyrus Christie's come on for Dennis Adoy, and Abubakar Kamara's come on for Tom Kearney. Um, going into the last 10 minutes, I, all right, okay, West Brom and QPR were drawing, but the players weren't to know what was going on there. And it was it was Wigan that just went for it more. Um, I was a little bit disappointed in much the same way that I was when we played West Brom last week, Dom. Yeah, they. I mean, there were quite a few times towards the end of that half where they shot from the edge of the box and it just, just went wide. Um, and on another day, one of those could have gone in. Um, so they, I was surprised actually because, as you say, there were, more attacking minded substitutions and AK came on and you think, okay, we're going to run at them now. Uh, it didn't quite happen. There was a couple of times AK had a good um, setup to Bobby Reed and it was saved. And then, then the shot ended up being blocked on the line by Mitro. I think it was, it almost looked like it was Mitro. Um, and that could have gone in, but, but yeah, I mean, I think in the end, a point was fair for both teams. I don't think either team did enough to win it, but both teams could have won it in the end. And it's a real shame for Wigan now because they've had their 12-point deduction and and they've been relegated. And through no fault of their own, I I don't want to get into the ins and outs of what happened with their takeover and being put put into... uh, I don't want to get into the ins and outs of their takeover and being put into administration uh, because I don't really... I'm not clued up on it and I wouldn't want to comment anyway. But it just seems like the fans have really been screwed over because they're a good side and now they're going to lose a lot of those players and who knows whether they'll come straight back up. So um, really want to wish them all the best um, because yeah. we've we've had uh, a, a connection to Wigan for, for a long time since since the 90s when we, were in, we came up from the bottom division together and then we faced them in all of the divisions. So it's, it's a real shame for them. So good luck to them and hope they come back soon. One team that did stay up was Barnsley after they got a late, late winner at Brentford, which was fantastic to see. Uh, Brentford, are they are they just capitulating at the moment, J-Mac? I mean, it seems that way. I've got a pretty... I mean, now that Swansea, Swansea have overtaken Nottingham Forest and placed sixth, I, I think that could be anyone's game for the, the first round against those two. I mean, I think we're all saying it's a... What are we saying? It's a West Britain... Uh, West Britain versus West London at the moment with the Wales teams and the is that what you said? Should we, should we call be... it West London and South Wales? We could do that. Could do that. <laughs> West Britain. Yeah, never mind. But what I'm trying to say is, I think, I think what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say is that I think Brentford are really in quite a bit of trouble now. I know what people say. People say, you know, form goes out of the window when it comes to the playoffs. But Brentford have going to have. A, I mean, they already had a big hangover as it was from the last game. Imagine they're going to have an even bigger headache now from this. And I, I can really see Swansea doing a number on them, especially with the type of football that they play. Yeah, I mean, uh, worrying times for Brentford, in my opinion. 
Yeah, well, let's hope so. Uh, worrying times for Nottingham Forest fans as well. Uh, they dropped out the playoffs completely after a torrid run of form. And I really, I thought that we'd be playing Nottingham Forest in the playoffs. I did not see what happened this evening coming at all. Their defeat to Stoke and Swansea's huge win at Reading and Cardiff's um, Cardiff's win as well um, against Hull, I think they were playing. So, um but it looked like it was going to be Cardiff and Swansea fighting it out for that sixth spot. They both ended up getting it and Forrest dropped out. So, um, yeah, shame shame for them. But, you know, as um, I think Alan said on, on the podcast at the weekend, it, you, you deserve to be where you finish at the end of the season. And I guess fourth fourth place is probably about right for us. So who, who else went down? It was, it was Barnsley. Sorry, it wasn't Barnsley. It was Wigan, Hull and Charlton Athletic, Charlton, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say the picture, there's a famous picture going around of the table compared to a few months ago. I think Hull was seventh. And you, I mean, it's unbelievable what's happened to them. I mean, that's what happens when you sell a couple of your best players, including Jared Bowen. But uh, unbelievable what's happened to Hull. Oh, yeah, Yeah. all right. Yeah, you snigger away. But uh, you know what? (laughs) It's true, though. It's true. Definitely. You you are right. You are right. But also, Charlton were, when they got a result against us early in the season, I can't remember when that was, maybe October or late September or something like that. And I thought they weren't great and they were probably going to drop down the table and they'd started well, but they'd probably done enough at that point to stay in the league. I wasn't expecting them to end up, was it 23rd, I think, in the end? Um, 20, yeah. 22nd? It, yeah, two two clubs who have been really badly run recently, Wigan and Charlton, have gone, gone down to League One. And it's a shame because... Um, you know, I like both clubs and it, it is a shame to see things like that happen to other teams. And um, just got to be grateful that we're run the way we are, Tony Khan aside. <laughs> didn't didn't Hull hammer us at the cottage as well? Mm-hmm. 3-0, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I thought, I thought so. Of course, yeah, more by, by the Tigers. That's right. Yeah. So we lost to Hull at home. We lost to Barnsley twice. And um, and yeah, we we did all right against Wigan. We got four points off of them. Yeah. But I think Char- Charlton drew us at the cottage, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they made a really good start to the season, Charlton. Though mm. um, they they were kind of in the in the top kind of four or five, I think, um, when they came to us. But yeah, frustrating, it, frustrating. Really, Looking at it like that. Yeah, and it's just a really weird one with Charlton because obviously the huge Lyle. Who is the huge issue with Lyle Taylor uh, leaving? Uh, and you know that that's that's a really awkward situation. And you know how adamant Lee Bowyer was for not you know restarting this season. And it's it's really yeah. grim reading, really grim reading. Well, there you go. So it's all over anyway, and we are in the playoffs. So let's give Scott Parker a rating for for this evening's game to begin with. Uh, Dom, I'm going to come to you first. What are you giving Scott for the Wigan match alone? A six, I think. Don't think Kenny should have started, but I understand why he does um, because he's on his days our, our best player, second best player, and um, and you know you you use your squad if you've got it. So the substitutions were right, but I just don't think we, I don't think it worked. The the midfield we picked didn't didn't control the game. We didn't create enough chances. Um, and I think we we went back a little bit from the way we've been playing recently, um, and we again it's a thing where we have to win to have any chance. So we really should have gone for it a bit more. Uh, but in the end, it's a decent result because they're a good side, um, 
and it wouldn't have mattered anyway. So six. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I'm going to give him a six as well. But I, again, it's the same. It's the same as that West Brom game last week, and I guess the West Brom game more so than this one. Why didn't we just go for it? If we'd have gone for that West Brom game and nicked the win, then you know we'd have we'd have been up. But we just we just didn't. So it's frust- it's frustrating. And I, I know I'd like to see obviously more caution taken in, in the playoffs now. You know, that Cardiff away game on Monday is going to be a tough one. And if we come away from there with a draw, then I'll be confident that we'll beat them at the cottage. Um, but in a game like this and a game like the West Brom one where we had nothing to lose, just go for it. So six out of ten for me. What about you, J Mac? I was gonna say six. And I'm going to change it to seven and I'm giving the give him an extra point purely because I think he's done actually remarkably well, considering the situation we were we were in. I feel like, you know, we weren't expecting to to have a chance of getting second um, up until this point. I know, you know, we keep saying that if we had just beaten Charlton those two times or if we had turned one of the draws against West Brom into a win. But it should have, could have, would have for me because there have been other games where luck has played a huge part on us as well as turned against us. I mean, Swansea, the two Swansea games that we won, they were all over us. We were very lucky to win yeah. those games. The Leeds match, 2-1. We were incredibly lucky to win that game because of a penalty right at the start. So I've, I'm going to give Scott Parker an extra point here. I think the subs were good. I think his attacking... Tactically, I'm, I'm not a fan of the way we go forward, but I don't know if that's down to personnel, just not fitting with his style. But I, I will give him a 7 because the tactics were good. And I actually think we're in a better place than we would be if we were third. I'd much rather face Cardiff next than Swansea. Much rather that. So, yeah, a seven for me. And well done, Scott, for getting this far. Nice one, mate. All right, lads. Well, let's have a look at the playoffs then. Fulham. Right. So, as we know now, it's going to be our old enemy, Cardiff, uh, in the playoff semi-final, the first leg of which will be played on this coming Monday, the 27th of July. And the second leg of that will be played next Thursday, the 30th of July at Craven Cottage. Um, Swansea will play Brentford on Sunday, this Sunday, the 26th. And the return leg will be on the Wednesday, the 29th. So going into the second leg at Craven Cottage, we will know... Uh, who we're going to be playing, whether it's going to be uh, Brentford that wait for us if we win the game at, at Wembley or not. Um, I just wanted to have a look at the, uh, the the team's form at the moment and and see what you make of this. So, first of all, looking at Brentford, Brentford have got four wins and two defeats out of their last six. We've got four wins and two draws out of our last six. Uh, Cardiff, again, four wins and two defeats out of their last six, but they have won their last three. And Swansea, um, four wins, one draw and a defeat out of um, out of their last six. doesn't feel like anyone's particularly out of form. And that's why I really wanted Forrest to stay in the playoffs um, and wanted to play them. But everybody's kind of um, got a bit of momentum at the moment. What do you reckon, J-Mac? Everyone's got a bit of momentum, but I still think that Brentford are the weakest side here, purely because they've lost the last two and because of... They've always been in a situation, as everyone's saying, of chasing it. And now they've really got to take it by the scruff of the neck. And I, I'm not sure if Brentford are going to cope with the hangover of this and also go into a knockout competition. I really fancy Swansea. And I'm really glad, like I said, that Brentford are playing them first. Cardiff, the only thing that scares the shit out of me of Cardiff is their long throw-ins. And their sort of, I just, I feel like 
we're very lucky that we recently beat them two 0 I think that's a huge psychological boost for us. But yeah, it, it could be, it could, it could go anyway. I mean, it's the championship. Even if it is the playoffs, it is the championship teams inside of them, and it is going to be completely nuts. I, I feel like, I think Cardiff is going to be really quite spicy. But I'm really also quite happy. We haven't mentioned Cardiff much this season, and we haven't mentioned because you know we had a huge rivalry. We had a huge rivalry with them. Uh, two seasons ago and now I'm I'm quite glad that that's come back a bit it'll be just like old times so it should be quite fun Thanks mate and what about you Dom I mean is there is there any of those teams that you'd really fear in the playoffs? I mean it's Cardiff without Warnock which gives me confidence because um, love him or hate him and most of us hate him I'm sure he he knows how to get a team to fight to win a game uh, and I wouldn't fancy chances against the Warnock side in the playoffs um, but as I said we beat them you know, a couple of weeks ago uh, and I think with a better team so I don't particularly fear Cardiff but who knows it's the playoffs as J-Mac said uh, Brentford as soon as they got the chance for it to be in their hands they collapsed um, losing to two of the worst teams in the league recently um, and they won eight games in a row Everyone's expecting them to do it. And then all of a sudden, they're in the playoffs. That's got a sting. And I think uh, they haven't got a lot of time to pick up from that. It's less than a week away. So, yeah, it, it's tough. I think the final naturally will be harder than the semi-final, but we've got to get there. Um, Swansea were up there in the top, fighting in the top two early, much earlier in the season. And a lot of people thought they might go up um, first or second. Then they dropped down a bit. And now they're showing again. That, that form so they're a very dangerous side um it's it's really anyone's pick more than it has been recently i think i, I if i was a neutral i don't think i could call it yeah i, I still feel like everybody's going to fear us more than we fear them though uh just because we've been up there for most of the season and because of the because of the way that we play i just think it's better mm-hmm. suited to um to just a kind of little uh knockout tournament that the playoffs is yeah, um, and also think got, of that dressing room. Think of that dressing room. You've got Kevin McDonald. You've got Marcus Bettinelli. You've got Stefan Johansson. You've got AK forty-seven. Um, who else am I missing? You've got Tom Kenny, Mitrovic. of course. Mitrovic. I mean, that's how many players have I got? Six, Marshall. seven. Maxime Lamarche. <laughs> no, he wasn't there. What this? Sorry, Christie was there. Christie was there. Yeah, I mean, that's seven or eight players I've just listed mm. that were part of the Wembley winning team. I mean, that's a huge. I mean, that's a huge boost. I, I really think. I really do believe that's going to do something. The thing is, the thing is with that though, Villa had the same against us when we beat them. Um, they had a, most of their players had played in Wembley at Wembley before um, in the big games, and there was talk mm. before the game that a lot of ours hadn't. So, but, yeah, you, the argument to know, that though, Dom, know. is that this, it, you know, our players won at Wembley in the yeah. same match, the same playoff final match. Yeah. So, no, no, I agree. I agree with you. You never know. Well, talking about advantages, is there going to be any advantage to playing at home in the second leg when there's nobody in the stadium at the moment? And I'll put that question to you both. Or is it, you know, you, you get you get home advantage um, because you finish either third or fourth, you get home advantage second. Is it an advantage? Definitely, I think. Yeah. Le- less now than if you'd had a full stadium behind you. Uh, like against Derby, I, I think there's no doubt that we, as the fans, help helped uh, the lads overturn that at Derby because the atmosphere was absolutely incredible. Um, it's not as much of an advantage, but 
but there is definitely an advantage you've got if you go away and you don't lose then you're in a good place for the return leg um so i, I think it's good that we finished um fourth so we, we've got that advantage and then there's no advantages there in the in the final yeah hopefully another dennis adoy header would be good actually dennis adoy that's another one who was at wembley that's another we're gonna win we're gonna win the playoffs we're gonna we're going back it's fine it's fine <laughs> oh jesus but <laughs> right, well, before we move on to to talk about the team that you'd play against Cardiff, I just wanted to have a quick look at, um, and I will keep this really brief, at the history in the playoffs of the teams that were in the playoffs. Um, Brentford have made one appearance in the championship playoffs previously, and they lost in the semi-final to Middlesbrough in 2014-15. Um, and then they've made three appearances in the League One playoffs as well. Um, with three defeats, actually, including one in the final. So their playoff uh, record is crap. Um, of course, we know that our um, our playoff history is mixed. Uh, we had a couple of historic defeats in 88, 89, and then 97, 98 in Division 3 and 2, respectively. And then we have one semi-final defeat in 2016-17 when we lost to Reading. Um, and then, of course, we won uh, the, the playoff final in 17-18. Cardiff... They were promoted from the second division in 2002-03, beating QPR. I think that was at the Millennium Stadium back then. Uh, But since then, they've had three defeats in playoffs, one in the final in 2009-10, and they most recently lost in the semi to West Ham in 2011-12. Again, their uh, their more recent record in the playoffs is crap. Um, Swansea. They had one appearance uh, in the playoff final in League One, losing to Barnsley in 2005-06. And then they were promoted in the championship playoffs in 2010-11 when they beat Reading. So it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, Cardiff and Brentford have got a bad, uh, bad recent form in the playoffs. We're the most, uh, obviously the most recent team to get promoted in the playoffs because it was only a couple of years ago. Um I don't know what conclusions we can draw from this because it's everybody just goes into this with a kind of fresh degree of hope. And I think form probably or current form plays more of a part in it than, um, than history. But I just, I just feel like the gods are with us this time. And I think that's dangerous because it's just, it, whereas this evening we went into this game and we just thought, we've got no hope here because of the other results and, you know, everything needs to go in our favour. But now it's it's in our hands again and I'm confident. I think that's just setting us up for a fall. What do you think? Yeah, it's very dangerous, isn't it? Being a Fulham fan and being confident. Um, I'm I'm sort of with you. I've, I think the way, the way we tend to go away from home and Nick draws, nil-nil, one-one, that sort of thing, maybe, maybe the odd one-nil in there, um, the way we've been playing recently, which is much better defensively than we have most of the season and all previous seasons before that, it seems like we're much better suited to this sort of knockout competition. But we'll we'll see. It'll only take us to concede a couple of early goals against Cardiff and we're scrambling again. But um, but yeah, I I think I think we we're the better team. I think we've got the best, the strongest squad. And we've got a lot of big game players in our in our squad. I think uh, compared to Brentford, who have got kind of younger, up and coming, shit hot on their day players, but might buckle under pressure. And I don't see any of our players buckling in that same way. 
I agree. I've got to say, if we can just improve the amount of shots on target, then I'm, I I think we'll be absolutely fine. I mean, we had 19 today, only four on target, as opposed to Wigan had 13 shots and seven on target. We just need that extra two or three more on target and just a bit more direct play. But we're also, you know, against QPR, you know, we came back after conceding first. And in this game, even though we didn't win, we actually equalised after conceding first. So maybe, you know, hopefully that's going to psychologically do something for us as well, that we're actually able to get something back after conceding the first goal. Who knows? Hopefully that will be, that's good news for us going into these. Yeah, we've shown some character, certainly since the restart. And certainly, actually, all season we have, not necessarily in individual games, but to keep bouncing back from the setbacks that we've had. And when it looked like that Scott Parker's back was against the wall and we were up against it and we'd lost a couple on the trot, then we've just turned it around and gone on a good run of form. And we've done that since the restart as well. You know, we lost those first two games against Brentford and Leeds and then we went on a, on a winning run and, and we're undefeated. Um, so that that's definitely stands us in good stead. All right, so I'm going to come and ask you now, what team do you think will start at Cardiff? And I'll come to you, Dom. Do you think do you think Kearney's going to be in the team? Harrison Reed's got to come back, surely, hasn't he? Yeah, Reed comes back in. Um, I I would want him to come straight in for Kearney, but my suspicion is it's going to be Reed, Onama, and Kearney in the middle. Uh we we basically need our big game players now, um, which means Knockhart's probably got to start because <laughs> he's due a big performance, isn't he? And when better to do it than the playoffs? And Cabano's got to start on the left. Uh, the, the back four pretty much writes itself, whether it's Christie or Adoy, take your pick out of those. Um, but the rest will stay the same. It's just that whether, whether Kearney starts, I think he probably will because he's the club captain. Um experience in the playoffs away from home as well he was probably quite useful in keeping the ball and or when we try not to concede many goals uh we're probably going to go there looking to nick it one nil or or get a draw um and he's, he's useful when we play like that i would like to see kamara though but i don't think he's ready to start yet how about okay. you jay Matt? Do, do, do you agree with that I, I do. I, I would only change one thing and I would replace Tom Kenny with Harrison Reed. I I want to just go back to what I was saying about Tom Kenny being Maxime Lamarchon before I make more of an ass of myself. But I only just the only reason I'm saying that is because I think Tom Kenny is no longer the sort of player you bring on uh to try and win a game. I know against Wigan today he looked better in the second half when he was a bit further forward, but he then drifted off again. I feel like he's the sort of person you bring on to protect a lead, start passing it backwards, take more, hold on to the ball for a tiny bit longer. So I would have Tom Kenny out and I would have Josh Onema, Harrison Reed, and Harry Arter in the middle. And I don't think AK's ready yet. So everything the same. Cyrus Christie, I rather adore on the right, to be honest, and have Joe Bryan on the left with the same centre-back partnership and Rodak, obviously. Is is playing Tom Kearney in this game saying to the team that this is a big game? Do you think it's making a bigger deal out of the game than needs to be made? And do you think that perhaps it might settle the players a bit more to say, well, this has been the winning formula. This has been the formula we've used recently. Let's stick with it. What, what do either of you reckon? It's tricky. It's tricky because we have played better without him. But he is still on paper... Tom Kearney, isn't he? Um, and he's a, he is a match winner because he's been a match winner for us many times in the past. Uh, and 
he needs to step up and he might step up. But I I think you're right. I think we we should start with the midfield that has been better without him. Um but it's he's our club captain. I think he'll come back in now he's fit again. The only argument I can make against what I was saying is that Josh Onomer in this game against Wigan didn't look his best and he didn't look his best in the game before this either. Um, trips over himself quite a lot recently, um, but I would still keep him. But I, I know exactly what Dom's saying. Tom Kenny is still the main guy, but I just, for me, on paper he is, but for me, not anymore. I would keep the same team that was quicker in the midfield that brought the ball quicker he, to the wingers. He, you know? he can't have lost it. He can't have lost it. That's the thing. He, even this season, he's he's played well. He started well. If he doesn't play well in the next three games, then maybe that is the end of him. But um, but I think I think he's here for uh, quite a few years to come. You'd leave Harry Arter out as well, Matt, would you? Even though he, he's been playing quite well, he's started a lot of games, and it's against his former club, who he got sent off against earlier in the season. Almost, almost yeah. a year ago, actually. It's tough. It's tough. I he he has been playing well. I just I don't like I just don't like how slow he is in midfield, and his legs just sort of move and he doesn't get anywhere. He's like he's running in jelly, and he's he he his discipline against previous clubs and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. He it could be that he's exactly what we need in in the in the playoffs. Who knows? It depends. It depends which Harry Arter shows up. All right, mate. Well, let's come on to a quick uh, first leg score prediction then. Um, Jay Mack, I'm going to come to you first. What do you reckon? I think it'll be 2-1 to us. 2-1 to the Fulham, only because the only reason I'm saying I think we'll concede is because form does sort of come out of the window in these games, and I can just see it being very cagey. I can, I can see us definitely conceding one goal, but I think it'll be 2-1 and we'll score first. All right, mate, I'm going to go with a boring nil-nil, which I'd take, and then I'll be confident that we'll see them off at the cottage. What do you reckon, Don? I think one all. It's not very often the away team wins a playoff semi-final. Um, it's very, it was always very cagey. I don't think there'll be many goals. Um, a draw would be great. Um, I think it's one all. It's just the kind of boring game that we're we're crying out for that we haven't really wanted to see this season, but we've had to endure this season. But exactly. that's, that's now's exactly the time. what we need. <laughs> yeah, now's, yeah. now's the time. Good stuff. All right. Well, thanks for joining me as always, lads, and to everybody for joining us at home. Who's set for a few more shows this season then? Can you nerves take it? We'll be back after Monday evening semi-final first leg at Cardiff. Come on, you whites. Fulham.